0: Welcome to the Public Narrative Podcast with Jamira Alexander. I'm your host, Jamira Alexander, and I'm joined here with a dear friend and colleague, Dion McGill. Welcome, Dion. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: I am so glad that you accepted the invitation to come and sit on my big blue comfy couch and um, just tell me a little bit and, and the folks a little bit about yourself and the work that you do.
1: Oh, that's scary. Um, So uh, <laughs> <laughs> currently, uh, yeah, uh, I am the Communications and Community Outreach Manager with Strengthening Chicago's Youth, which is a violence, violence prevention collaborative convened by and in Robert H. Laurier Children's Hospital of Chicago. Um, so yeah, I've been working in violence prevention, man, almost close, a little close to a decade now. Um, so yeah, born and raised in Chicago. I grew up in Roseland. I mm-hmm. uh, currently live in Woodlawn. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. How did you come into this work?
1: Woo, I fell. Fell, like literally, it was like stumble, <laughs> roll down the hill. And I was like, oh, look, I got a job. And, um, so I, let me think, let me, I've been with Sky, Strength in Chicago's Youth, for three years now. Um, and that kind of happened because prior to that, I was with the Illinois Council Against Handgun Violence. Um, and I was a program manager there running their education programs. And I was there for a little over three years. Um you know, sometimes it's just a moment where, like, your tenure at yeah. some place is—you is, you feel it coming to an end. Yeah. Some budgetary things. I felt like it was coming to an end. Um, and at the time, uh, a woman uh, named Becky Levin mm-hmm. z- mentioned to me that there was going to be a position uh, potentially coming up. That it, um, she was like, "You should apply for it." Like, mm-hmm. you know, it might be a good opportunity for you. I said, "No, I was not <laughs> interested."
0: <laughs> um,
1: I and I will say. Um, I always rep good people who who've been good to me and helped me to get to where I am. Yes. Colleen Daly uh, was one of those people. Also, Mark Walsh, yeah. uh, who was also at uh, ICHV. But I loved being at the ICHV, and I loved kicking and screaming. Colleen mm-hmm. was like, "You should go to Lori." I'm like, "No, I don't like, like, like I'll take a pay cut." <laughs> no, go, you know. And so I ended up at Lori, which is great. It's a great place. I yeah. love being at Sky. Um, before being at the ICHV, which was specifically gun violence prevention, I taught. I was a teacher. Mm, really? So I taught two years um, in CPS um, at Richard's Career Academy in Back of the Yards. Mm. I taught two years in Alaska, um, in Tok, Alaska. Yeah. And before that, I was in the Army um, for nine years.
0: Oh, my And they even took a
1: year off from school to go to Afghanistan for some wow. fun travel and adventure. And came back. (laughs) Wow.
0: wow. Well, thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. all
1: the ways you've served. Yeah. So I've kind of, and I fell into the ICHV position. I um, left the classroom and I, where was I working at? I think I was working in Nordstrom. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was working in Nordstrom. And a friend sent me a job posting about this job. And I was like, hmm and then I, I interviewed. I thought the first interview was terrible. Um, that was with Mark <laughs> Walsh. And then the second interview was with Colleen. I thought that was terrible. Uh, but they offered me a job. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> so, clearly they didn't think it was terrible. They didn't. Think what it was is terrible. it about like stepping into new opportunities that's scary?
1: Man, knowing if you can do it. You know, I, I'm always interested with people who. You know, whether they're an executive director or they're you know, whatever they do. And I'm always like, How did you know you were like, I'm ready for this? You know, it's one of those things I think that's scary. Yeah. Um when I went to the ICHV, I was like, Oh, there was a component of education and teaching and working with youth that I was totally okay with. But then, you know, there was also a component of advocacy and working with survivors and other organizations around gun violence prevention. Which, growing up in Chicago, you're not a stranger to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was very fortunate that that was always a component of my classroom. Teaching Mm -hmm. social studies, you know, um, it it always blew my mind if something happened. There was a shooting Mm -hmm. at the nearby park and I didn't hear anyone in the building talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I guess. so. Does anybody want to talk about web? You know, and mm-hmm. kids are like Miss McGill. That was so crazy. I'm like, oh, you were there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'd had those conversations, so it kind of helped me. But I think just knowing, like, how do you know? Like, I'm ready for this. I'm mm-hmm. ready to be an executive director. Like. Nah, yeah. I'm, I'm good.
0: <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't set out to find public narrative. I didn't know it even existed. Mm-hmm. I was. In, I was an entrepreneur who was introduced to a woman who, you know, could use what I brought to the table, but I didn't know in what way she had in mind. And I remember meeting with Susie, um, Susie Schultz, who's the uh, my predecessor in public narrative. Lovely. Um, I remember sitting in a meeting with her, and she had gotten up to go answer the phone. And in my heart, I knew I was leaving with a job. And what's so crazy is so, and then this brings me to like my point in that, like, I don't think that we necessarily know, but like, mm-hmm. just in following our path and staying in our lane, mm-hmm. we become prepared for opportunities when they come. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not? Go for this, right?
1: True. I mean, that's what people tell me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I've lived it. Like, like um, when I met Susie, like I said, I didn't... The woman got up to go answer the phone. In my heart, I knew I was leaving with a job. Yeah. But it was the opportunity I had before Public Narrative. I was working at um, Young Women's Leadership Charter School... And I was, the, uh, I was one of the tech instructors. Oh, okay. And then now it's time for me to leave because the woman who's the teacher whose class I was uh, uh, overseeing, she had come back from maternity leave. Oh. Now it's time for me to go. And I'm sitting in class. I don't want to leave. The girls don't want me to leave. And they're like, well, figure out a way to, you know, get them <laughs> to let you stay. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, and, and one of them was like, well, tell the assistant principal. And I did. And they had a project management role, manager role oh, yeah. available. I applied for it. And the principal, she used to call us all by our last names. And she was like, Alexander, how do I know that if you get this job, you're not going to like stay two weeks and then leave us? Yeah. And I, I remember telling them that the the only experience, at least at the time that I believe I needed, was experience working with a board. I had Mm -hmm. done some of everything else, Mm -hmm. and I knew that there would come a time where God would give me a place where like, I could call all my programs home, all the audiences I work with, and that kind of stuff. I had no idea it was that up close and personal, because literally, I wasn't there two full years before public narrative came knocking. So clearly like for for them for the walk for Walsh and uh who was the other
1: oh the, uh, colleen colleen um, yeah.
0: for Walsh and colleen to see something in you to open that door yeah. right and like make space for you at sky and like talk about the contributions you've made
1: oh it's at sky specifically man when i got there so i'm the communications and community outreach manager um so i came in um and especially like electronic communications Mm -hmm. uh, with Sky was um, we'll say (laughs) forming. And so I came in and kind of helped with that, like things like social media plans, Mm -hmm. right? And setting those standards and and making sure that that's something that we can keep going and, and, you know, grow and grow our audience. Because especially, you know, we didn't know that there would be a pandemic coming where now electronic communication is like, the, you know the yeah. standard um and so just kind of helping to to begin those things um and, and help them to grow in the organization which just had its 10th tenth um, birthday
0: congratulations um
1: so it, it's it's been wonderful and and then um i would say like my job my job at the ichv and my job here was as hashtag making friends and influencing people mm-hmm. so having the opportunity to bring stakeholders still in the violence prevention mm-hmm. realm yeah. to the table uh to collaborate to talk um to share data, which is a mm-hmm. word that I'm getting way more comfortable using because I hated that <laughs> word. Even a year ago, I was like, nah. We could,
0: we got to we have a whole segment about that. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that
1: guy that walks back in the meeting like, Oh, is the data? Is the data is catching over? Sorry. <laughs> Send me an email. It's okay, like, hey. but I'm. It was funny because I actually just had this great class about it, and for the first time ever, I went to my team. Is like I had a conversation about data, and it was awesome. They were like looking at me like, "Welcome to the club, guy." Um, but yeah, and and so being able to help promote the work because because a big part of Sky is not focusing on us specifically. Like, yes. it's on focusing on our partners to bring them together to build capacity with them uh, to mm-hmm. help them because we don't. Directly serve, right? right. I'm, but you, you do in so many ways. In some ways, right? But you're not going to find me... Well, you actually will. But <laughs> as, <laughs> as an organization, you're not going to see us on the street corner handing out flyers, right. handing out food, right. But we want to help organizations who do those things yeah. so they can do more. And then, you know, if this person has a great idea and this person has a great idea, why don't you put that idea together? Yeah. And if we can just help to coordinate, you know, if you need someone to hold the bag, right, because mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all don't want to hold the bag, mm-hmm. which is which is a skill, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something organizations can do. So that's the work that we do. And I'm so glad I can be a part of it um, because I'm helping in this yeah. this us. Uh, spear, yeah. you know, and it's great. I'm very lucky because very similar to ICHV, I don't just get to work with one organization. Yeah. I get to work with like 50, yeah. you know, and I get to meet people yeah. and see things. That's the coolest part. And that's, the coolest, that's part. the coolest part. So I'm very thankful for that Um, because yeah, yeah, it's just kind of cool.
0: So you're talking about like becoming familiar and uh, not even familiar, becoming friendly with data, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. And what a process that can be. I know for me, I felt the exact same way that you have in that I felt like so much data is collected of our communities, but then what happens to it? Um, How do the folks who are a part of those studies and those trials, like hot clinical trials and things, how are they benefited by being a part? And how is the community benefited by being a part? And this last, this health project that we uh, recently concluded with uh, our Chicago Community Media partnership, research partnership, um, with Northwestern and yeah. the Alliance for Research in Chicago Land Communities, Jim Brown. I was gonna
1: say, can we give a, yes. a shout out to Jim yes. Brown? Let me tell you yeah.
0: something. <laughs> I adore Jim Brown. Uh, Dr. Rebecca Johnson. They were two women who came in. They invited Susie and I into a conversation to entertain the thought of a research partnership, inviting journalists and researchers together. I had no clue what that even meant. What the impact of it was. I just knew they saw, you know, a place for us yeah. and how can we show up and play our part. And it's evolved into something really, really great and something very special that has allowed us to explore what capacity for health coverage in Chicago looks like within yeah. media. Those are some of the takeaways I got from like a, now a healed relationship with data. Yep. Because now <laughs> it, it <laughs> what we learned, what we learned was like, you know, Being able to communicate the research findings really helps to alleviate some of the harm that is done by simply exposing the wounds or, you know, asking intrusive questions to some extent. But then being very careful of what kinds of questions and then how to navigate community, you know, around this project and to do it in a way that honors their stories and honors their experiences. Do you have any experiences similar to those where you've seen people honored in in uh, data and in research?
1: I think so the most, you actually attended an event recently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're trying to do with yeah. that. So we're doing this participatory action research project, right, which that term is new to me, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, I learned like, so many, I was just <laughs> like, what?
1: I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> It's, and it's, it's also awesome when some high school kid goes, that means the people who do the research are the people who, like, the research is about. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thank you for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but trying, I, I think now we're moving into this new era of research where now if you're researching about someone, you have to at least have a partner, if not a yes. leader who is who has been impacted who has yes. inside knowledge, right? Yes. If you're doing a research project about Woodlawn and no one in this on your staff or a researcher or who's yes. in charge is not from Woodlawn, you got a problem. Yes. Right? And that's I think that's always been my issue with with, with data, right? Yes. And and to me, even still to this day, I, I now understand the importance of it. I get it. But it becomes almost like this double-edged sword. And I'm actually gonna give you a very specific very specific example
0: please do. this would
1: have been a couple years ago i went to this webinar and i remember because it was right after quarantine started and this doctor has spent all this money researching gun violence so he explained his methods he explained everything he had these beautiful diagrams about this networking webby done and he was like "And here's my conclusion i'm like oh this is gonna be interesting he's like if you spend time with people who utilize guns to, to, you know, uh, in altercations, you have a higher probability of being killed. <laughs> it was something like that. He said that? It was something similar. All <laughs> these exact words.
0: He had to spend money to, to know that.
1: I said, and, and, and someone, I won't say who, but someone asked me what my thoughts were. I said, I said, my parents weren't exceptionally educated people. I said, but my father told me if you hang out with killers, you have a higher probability of getting killed when I was six. And he didn't go past high school Mm -hmm. like that. I'm like, yo, you could have saved all that money. You could have gave me a quarter of it.
0: I could have took you out on
1: a a couple of intersections. We could have had 40s. We could have talked to everybody around (laughs) the block. And you would have can't walked around to the same conclusion. They could have told you the exact same things. in one night, what you spend a year researching, stop playing. Mm -hmm. You know, and that just, that's how it works, right? Mm -hmm. But my lived experience isn't worth. Yes. $500,000, Five hundred thousand dollars, yes. right? And that's so irritating, mm-hmm. and that's so, and that that's one of the reasons why when people start talking data, I'm just like whatever. But now I'm learning to ask who collected it, where did it come right. from, yes. right? And so I'm learning to ask the questions to yes. know if the data to me is applicable and if it's not just applicable because I'm not saying it's inaccurate, but in the spirit of it, is it embedded? With the people, yes, right in
0: mind, to- and is it not insulting? I know for me, like, <laughs> just in some of those conclusions it's like it took us six months <laughs> to come right back to where we. That. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and so I I think just then, so I'm glad that it's not me and just kind of exploring <laughs> what this looks like because the same like I learned a lot in two years more about the process and how to communicate. Then so it was more. I think in this project, it was more about the communication aspect of it than it was the actual research. Yes, and the actual findings. Yes, um, everybody can Google, and Google may not always be accurate. Mm-hmm. But you said something that is very key in that being able to honor people's lived experiences. Oh, so important. And sometimes when you know it takes us however long to go around this mulberry bush to come right back to what my lived experience has offered me is it can be invalidating and in, in that well <laughs> what did I just live through like, you, know what, you know what I'm saying yes. and so how do you how do you how do you deal in those spaces because I think that we have a responsibility being able to lean on lived experiences and those that people share with us. Yes, absolutely. And sit in these rooms and influence some of these conversations that suggest, well, why don't we try this approach? Yeah. Or why don't we go about it in this way that we can build bridges? How do you how do you deal in all of that?
1: Man, that's yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep up with you. And this kind of goes to the original conversations I had even after I was hired at Lori. Becky, my my yes. the, the one who hired me. Love Becky. We we you know she we were talking about you know okay so now I'm here, whatever. And I remember saying, like, I'm like, I don't know if this is a spot for me. I'm gonna be honest with you right <laughs> off the bat. And she said, she goes, she goes, Lori needs people like you. Mm. And I was like, I don't agree with that. <laughs> but but and, and now, three and a half years later, yep. in some way she was right, right? I have those experiences. So when people who don't are you know, in the mix of whatever yeah. they're doing, I can be like, "Stop." Yep. Let's think about yep. this. I I, I see all the time. I need to get paid, and I'm not greedy. I need to get paid six figures to be a guy who people hire to sit in a little cubicle, and when they're doing whatever they're doing, just go and say, "Who thought this was a good idea?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait a minute, no, wait, a a minute. wait a minute, wait a minute, that reminds me, like, when we would start getting, like, all of this correspondence, like, or, you know, uh, guidelines, and this came from the CDC, and this came, and I, I just, who, who did they talk to? What, what conversations were had, a, what team members did they rally, what community, yes. somebody thought it was a good idea, and yeah. ran with it, I and good. I, I,
1: and, and we, and people like yourself, people like me, many others, right? And this is why now, like, when research is being done, at least on Sky's part, right? And we're working with community partners, we let the community partners take the lead, yeah. right? And, and, and you know, and I think even in being this huge organization, I think a lot of ways, even I and the organization kind of relies on them to go, well. Uh, yeah. Why makes you think that's a good idea? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. And and it becomes this partnership. It's hard to navigate because you. Yeah. I think at some points you feel like you're being a negative Nancy. You know, there are many yes. days I am like, like, <laughs> why am I the only one saying no?
0: It's a room full of people, and I'm the only one looking. Kata. Well, you know <laughs> what is you know <laughs> what is so profound about that though? It's a room full of people, but there's one you who represents a community of people yes. who may never set foot in those rooms. So and I I learned that like coming up. in in coming into my own in this in this space in that i may never see i remember i didn't have a car at the time and i was on the bus and footing it like crazy all over town going to different meetings and stuff folks didn't know half of what my circumstances were but i remember one day i had to go on the west side and i lived on the south side and i took the bus i was on the bus for two i was gonna say that's i've already already done that wait a minute wait a minute (laughs) But I'm sitting on the bus and I'm paying attention to what's happening in our country. Donald Trump has not been elected yet. People are going, uh, getting on and off the bus, and I just began to, I I don't know, I, I can't call I can't call it an epiphany or even deja vu, but I was just in this moment where I knew that some decisions were about to be made in our country that would affect these people getting on and off the bus, Absolutely. but that also I would be invited into rooms. Where I could represent yes. for those who may never set foot. And so the same is true for you, my friend. Yes. <laughs> Being able to navigate
1: that. And I'm lucky that I work for an organization that sees that value. Yeah. Right? they Like my current boss, um, Leslie Hamcamp, yeah. sees value. I met her
0: recently. Yes. Awesome. She
1: sees value in having community in the room, yeah. right? Um, and Lori Children's as an organization, right? Yeah. I was, I'll be the first to say, they're not built for that. Yeah. But they see the value. Yeah. So yeah. it's... And it's, I always picture like it's like a big... It's like the tin man once you start oiling him up and he's going to start getting in motion. Yeah. It's not fast. Yeah. But they realize that there's that value and they are working towards getting to a point yeah. where community is embedded yeah. in the decisions that the hospital makes yeah. and in those collaborations. And... For me, at this point in time and place, just being in motion, I applaud. Them. Yeah. Because how long it'll take to get there?
0: Well, but, I you know I see Lori's in mm-hmm. in how you all approach community engagement and community engaged research as a leader and as an example. Yes. Because t- to your point, the event I recently attended with Communities United. There was a diverse group of stakeholders, community yes. voices. Community voices had the mic way longer than yes. politicians, uh, researchers. Yeah. It was led by the young men who were at yes. the table. You know, seeing that and and watching you all rest in the uncertainty, you don't know how this is gonna happen. Your agenda is not packed tight enough. Right. To block out certain things from happening. And I think that is what makes those types of experiences inclusive for marginalized communities and then feeling welcome. I remember taking a group on a field trip once and I won't say the group and I won't say to what place. (laughs) But I always thought like, you know, we go on these field trips, they get to see new things or whatever the case. And. I don't, I don't know, maybe I was disconnected, but I'm just like, this was great. And they were like, Ms. Jamira this, that, or the other. And I was just like, were we on the same field trip? So the the, the experience that <laughs> yes. some places are not cultivated to welcome mm. people who come from marginalized communities. Yeah. And we feel that, you know, you can feel when you're not wanted. Absolutely. But at the event that um, you all hosted, you know, in collaboration with, with Communities United, that was not that feeling. It, oh, it was really, um, it was it, it 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 had this genuine concern yeah. for the concerns of the community. Oh, that's awesome! And unfortunately, I wasn't even there. I know I you were in,
1: Patty. I was at Buddy, but I will tell you, if you can make Streeterville feel inviting, you know, because that's. I work. I mean, I go there on time for work. Streeterville is not yeah. an inviting. place. It's yeah. not easy to get yeah. to. It's not cheap. It's not
0: parking to friendly. Park it. not,
1: <laughs> if you in Streeterville, you feel like okay. I felt welcome being in this event here. And man, you've done you got some know, stuff.
0: But you know, I'm gonna go so far as to say it's not so much Streeterville as it is the the environment that Lori's has cultivated yes. through yes. Sky. Yes, and that that is such a powerful thing. And I. I see Northwestern doing that in other ways, Yes, you know, and yes. the work that Jen is, is leading with the um, I love Jim Brown Center so for much. Community Health. Yeah, Like that, that engagement is so profound. She's invited Public Narrative a couple times, mm-hmm. myself, and Marae Valendo, our uh, director of media engagement. Um, she's invited us to that space to share and talk yeah. and, and collaborate. But um, even more so the work that is happening at Medill, in some of their community engagement and, and how that is beginning to expand. So so what position do you think, and, and feel free to decline this question, right? Because this is kind of a on the spot type question, but mm-hmm. <laughs> what position do you think Northwestern is in to really champion engagement across the city in all sorts of ways, be it violence prevention, journalism, um, uh, community engaged research. What position do you think it has for like you know dynamic social impact?
1: I mean, they've got all the cards, don't they? I mean, like <laughs> they can do what they want, right? And I, I hope like I like yeah, mm, I love Jen Brown so, but like I'm just <laughs> like she should make so many decisions, and she just be moving the cards around. You know, I would just move her as high up as you can in the food chain. And be like mm-hmm. Jen, have your play mm-hmm. of the land make it work for everyone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she could she's she a does. genius yeah, totally. um but i i think you know you have like organizations like arc inside mm-hmm. of northwestern um and i've met doctors there and such same very similar right it's an organization that has not necessarily been built on the spirit or the values of which we we're talking right however it, they're you're seeing a shift yep. where they want to okay yeah. we want to be a part of what this this Burgeoning new thought. We mm-hmm. want to be a part of these communities. We want the communities to be a part of who we are, um, and they have the tools to make it happen. Similarly, mm-hmm. you're talking about a, a very huge monolithic Massive. organization Massive. that um, I've always said, um, and this goes back to my days as a teacher. The hardest thing to change I've always found is culture.
0: Yeah,
1: changing culture, yeah. just going click. That is a hard thing. Yeah, and they're they want to do it and they're getting there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, just, it's very similar. How you know We wanna believe it's gonna to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Northwestern's gonna to be this champion of all the things that we hold dear, but that's mm-hmm. not reality. Mm-hmm. But if it happens within, I would say 20 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because that's how long that mm-hmm. type of change happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they have the full capabilities. Totally. I think they have the desire. Totally, That's what's most important, the desire. And so I think very similar to Lori, you know, mm-hmm. um, both organizations are moving towards what we want them to be. Yes, Yeah. And so, yes, I find solace in that.
0: Oh yeah, it's important to plant the seeds while you have that access and that capacity. As you were talking, I just got to thinking about how many transformational leaders we have in this city that, you know, oftentimes their work may not be very well known, but their impact is and is felt in the community. Can you refer to any leaders that like you're fans of or organizations?
1: Far too many. <laughs> <laughs> Far too many. Um, as I'm wearing a My Block My Hood, uh, My, My Block My Hood, My City shirt, um, I'm a huge fan of the organization. I'm actually in a cohort we, we talked about previously with Cynthia Alfaro, mm-hmm. who's their COO genius of a woman mm-hmm. um and just an amazing character and personality um i'll never forget years ago i was at shambhala which is a meditation center on mm-hmm. the north side i met these two young men and they were there we were there uh about mindfulness and they you know g- got into a conversation with them they said yeah we're in an organization named Igro. grow mm-hmm. so we just built this house on the south side inglewood you can check it out mm-hmm. i was like yeah, okay. And I remember there was a guy next to me. He goes, yeah, I would love to see that. Guy said, show up Friday, 1 o'clock. I said, cool. Friday, 1 o'clock. I'm just like, boop, boop, boop. Cat opens the door. He goes, oh, hey. He goes, you showed. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course I showed. He goes, you. Most people usually want to come, but when they get the address, they don't come. <laughs> and the guy who was I, who I was with. <laughs> he did that. Wow. wow. I'm like, bro, I'm from Rosalind. This, this is okay. <laughs> I know,
0: right? I'm like,
1: I'm looking like, bro, daylight, we did <laughs> And I became a fan. i I'll never forget, he gave me a tour of their Peace House. At the time, it was just a house, because now they have a whole campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had the garden across the street, but they were doing their uh, food pantry. Mm -hmm. And seeing these young, I'll never forget, one, um, Quentin Mables. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever met Quentin. No. Quentin, at a time, uh, no longer, but he was the executive director for a period of time. At the time, he was just a member of their team. And this young man, covered in tattoos, Carrying two grocery bags full of food for this elderly woman mm-hmm. up the block. And I was like, bro, I don't know what y'all doing up there, mm-hmm. but it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, through meditation, yoga, mindfulness, he goes, we're helping young men in the community and young women, but, you know, young people who want to uplift the community yeah. rather than do the yeah. opposite. Yeah. And I'll never forget this one young man was was uh watering, watering uh, the garden. This young lady came by and she started drawing at him, mm-hmm. and he started drawing back. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy I'm with is sitting there; he's kind of he's watching. He's he's like, "Man, you better get on while you know, spray with this hole. <laughs> and he looks over at me, and goes, "It's a work in progress." <laughs> 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 I go in it, you know, like I understood mm-hmm. what that could have been. Mm-hmm. He's like, "It's a work in progress," mm-hmm. but the guy did not water with the hose. He got back to the garden, and I was like, "Yo, this is amazing!" Mm-hmm. And so I'm a huge fan of them who are now. We grow
0: mm-hmm.
1: and actually um also my cohort um Miss Michelle Rashad Shelley mm-hmm. Rashad who is the executive director of Imagine Inglewood If um and I believe the new executive director of We Grow, okay. but amazing personality. I'm a huge fan of all those organizations, and I mean so many. Uh, most people don't think of it as a nonprofit. Kusanya Cafe hmm. is a non oh, wow! in Inglewood, right? Built to be whether it was built to be or not to be has become, I've always found to be an incubator of thought, right? That's where I first met Jamal. Jamal Cole from My Black yeah. like I met him there. And every time I would show up there, he was there. And I'm like, okay, excuse me, sir. <laughs> you know, like, my name's Dion, right? And it's funny, I meet Jamal everywhere. And I bet you if you asked him today, who is Dion McGill, he could not tell you. But I was whenever I run into him, I usually look like a bum. And I would say, hey, when was the last time we saw each other? And he looks at me like, do I know you? <laughs> And the last time I saw him was, I was sitting on the steps of the Art Institute, um, totally looking like a bum, eating dinner with my bike. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Mr. Cole. And he was like, oh, hey. You know, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> he feel like, I don't know this dude. <laughs> but um, man, so many organizations I'm thinking of, um, let me think, Communities United, which we, we, mm-hmm. we've been partnering with, um, amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, if you gave me more time, I can come up with a list. Yeah. I love Chicago organizations um, and just all the amazing work. There, one thing I always say, there needs to be more funding for nonprofits mm-hmm. in this city. There are so many nonprofits doing good work. And if they could just do more of what they do. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah.
0: Man. So who has been the biggest influence in your life?
1: Oh no! In my life? life,
0: professional or
1: personal—your choice.
0: Oh, sometimes in this work they overlap. So
1: they do, man. I can't. Oh, I can't even. <laughs> you know what? I mean, can I give a couple names? Sure. Okay, uh, my mom. Um, I mean, my mother and my father for sure. But I, I, I. I, I live with my mom the entire of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, b- both my parents were present in there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but um, hard worker, I would not be where I am today without my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I just 100% went the, all the things that she's done um, to keep me safe, alive,
0: mm-hmm. out
1: of big trouble, you know, all the things that happen in life um, to get to where I am today. I would not be where I am today without my mom. So I guess the answer to the question, I guess it would be my mom, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, and I've just been very fortunate to always encounter just great personalities who've kind of helped yeah. propel me forward. Yeah. Um, through college, I was very lucky. I, I had professors who taught me. I, I was older than most of the, the, the youth because I went back. I took a very long break from college, mm-hmm. went back to get my bachelor's in social science so at that point, actually, I remember being the same age as one of my professors. Mm-hmm. So I'd sit with them at lunch, mm-hmm. and they would talk about this issues and problems. But if you gave any opinion at the table, you had to defend it, right? It didn't mm-hmm. matter what you said. I'm like, what makes you think that's true? Mm-hmm. And so they taught me how to debate nice. and think and, and be comfortable in my opinions, but mm-hmm. also be willing to shift if what I, I believe yes. is true is not true, yeah. right? And that's value. Um, and then moving into my professional life, we mentioned Mark Walsh, Colleen Daly. Um, I'll throw John Gruber, who who's a colleague of mine in that group. Just people I've learned from immensely, continue to learn from through their strength and their knowledge um, and their character.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then moving into even Lori, um, Miss Becky Levin,
0: yeah. um,
1: who took a to, to, took a shot at an unknown kid. Yeah. <laughs> here (laughs) and so and here I am Um, so yeah I've been very fortunate I've been just very lucky Mm. lucky 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 Uh, and if I sat longer I could think of definitely more people um, because you know going through the military for nine years you meet people who yeah sometimes just one lesson changes everything right and I've had many of I've been very fortunate (laughs) I've had many of those moments where a person just gave me one lesson I was like and I am gone. <laughs> I got the bag and the keys, yes. and I am gone. Yes. So I've been very fortunate. Yes. But it all goes. I, I will say, going back, it all goes back mm-hmm. to my mom for sure. We
0: we definitely need people in our lives who see something in us that we don't, and we have to have trust in them and the relationship to be able to step out in what they see. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah.
1: used to think of it. Like, I don't think of it as imposter syndrome anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? I used to suffer from that. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know if I'm just really hard on myself, but, like, man. Someone posted something on Facebook the other day, and I I, I, I responded. I said, I I relate to this so hard. And it was basically, like, when someone tells me they're proud of me, like, Mm -hmm. it it just almost makes me cry because Mm -hmm. I'm constantly thinking, you're not doing good enough. Mm -hmm. You're not doing enough. And I'm at this point in my life, I'm 42, I feel like I squandered the mm-hmm. first 40. I really, I think that's part of it. I feel like I just squandered the first 40 years of my life in a lot of ways. So I feel like there's so much I want to do over the next 40, mm-hmm. right? If I get that far. So, right. I always feel like I'm racing against a clock now. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I'm like so totally trying to hustle yeah. to get to a point where I'm like, I can be like, I'm where I want to be, but I'm racing against the clock to do it. And so I think that puts a lot of pressure. And so it's, um, it's interesting.
0: What if the first 40 were like your training or a tutorial or to gather the lessons and the next 40 are to apply?
1: You know what I think it is? Like, that's totally true. But, like, we look at, like, especially us, right? We work in a space where we see a lot of young people do amazing things. I just get so
0: jealous. (laughs) Like, when I was your age, I wasn't... Yeah, I know. I get that. (laughs) I wasn't doing (laughs) nothing.
1: And you feel like, you know, Mm. like, I'm making up ground, you know, for just... Oh, it, it, like, it's one of those things where you have to humble yourself. And just, things were different then than they are now. But, like, I really feel like I'm constantly hustling against the clock to get yeah, to no, I,
0: a I, I get that. place
1: to help totally. improve not just for myself, right? Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to just get to a place where I'm like I'm the best, but I'm trying to improve life for others and help change this city and help, you know, uplift all of these different things and I have such a small timeline now to do it. You know, I always say like I wish I could just go back to my twenties and have met Mark. Or yeah. Colleen yeah. or Becky, and they could have said, Come here, kid.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> You're gonna come work for me for the next 20. Yeah. But just not yeah. how life works.
0: But I hear you, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that clock thing. Yeah. Like, I am so, sometimes I can be so conscious of it that I just need to know that we're moving forward, that we're progressing. Yeah. Like, I won't, I know I won't be here always, I know mm-hmm. I won't always have time in this setting or in this role or whatever the case and it's like I gotta do all that I'm supposed to do while I have the ability to do that you know and not waste my own time yeah and not allow others to waste my time in navigating that though it challenged me to look at ways I can be of service Mm -hmm. and help other people even if I don't see the ways in which I help them yeah it may not be mine to see, and I wasn't doing it to see. Oh, I helped you. You know what I'm saying? Right. I wasn't. Was I wasn't about that. It. I care a lot about sleeping good at night and being able to look myself in the mirror. Look at myself in the mirror. Ooh. And those are two things that are like my guideposts for where are we. Where are we? You know, on this Absolutely. journey. Are you standing in your lane? Are you you know showing up the way that you need to? And I have to just say like i watch some of the progress that you've made and programs you've been a part of and, you know, things that you've been accepted into, and it looks to me like it, but you know this for your own measurement, but it looks to me, and, and I'm sure to others, that the space that you're in, that you're occupying, you are making tremendous connections for people that you may not ever know that, you know
1: The fruit. how you impacted yeah, them, awesome. but you
0: have to rest with like you played your part
1: thank you I appreciate it and you are right you're right and I'm just I'm very lucky Um, I'm lucky to to, I mean you know to be able to earn a paycheck wow yes helping out what you
0: love man a
1: lot of people do what I do and they just do it on their own you know what I'm saying like I I I know that I'm very lucky and blessed in that way um, to be able to uplift my city and and communities and and be able to do other things as well and I'm just so lucky and yeah. you're absolutely right, yeah. So I dig that.
0: How can people connect with you, learn more about your work, support your work?
1: Man, um, yeah. How can no.
0: <laughs> that's a good question. You always on Twitter. It's so. my cell number. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. No, um, yeah.
1: You know what? Especially like if you know if you're about positivity. Like right now, I was just right before coming here, I was just messaging with a young lady on next door about organizing some kind of community cleanup
0: because Mm, yes
1: that is a thing on this in the town and so you know we can complain about it forever and we can point fingers and say who's supposed to be responsible but we got to do it Mm -hmm. so anybody who's about positivity and doing good things man facebook you you can hit me hit me on hit me on facebook (laughs) uh twitter i'm on all the social medias i'm easy to, to get at you know and if your organization who wants to connect professionally with Sky, mm-hmm. if you're just an individual who wants to connect with me, um, please do so. Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah, I'm all about... And that's another thing, right? Just trying to build a team, mm-hmm. you know, and your 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 clique or whatever mm-hmm. who are about positive. Like, I always say, like, if I had, like, 10 more of me, right? I mm-hmm. was just
0: like, if I had have You got to make those for yourself. You got to make like, them. my therapist is like, you know, think about like the core group of people and in, in establishing your boundaries, right? Yeah. And like who you can take what to. Yeah. And I've created that like yeah. in my circle of people. And there are, I depend on my family for just, I don't have to be the president of, or executive director when I'm among my family. Yeah. You know, when I'm with friends, I don't, we may dish and, you know, spill the tea or whatever. But like, I don't, I get, I get a break from having to be a leader, right? Yeah. And that's necessary cuz it's no, like you no. can be so, you know, caught up, but it's colleagues <laughs> like you that help me professionally yeah. enjoy what I do and but they all, but also like approach what I do with such seriousness that the issues require yeah. and not allow that to get caused me to get bent out of shape yeah. so i'm i'm really thankful
1: you make a good point and i think this is the thing with me and you've met um and someone i love dearly um, she's been an amazing thought partner over the last couple of years idami noriega mm-hmm. for the poetry family. yes idami yes, yes, yes. is amazing but like because I'm, I'm a very unique individual right mm-hmm. outside of my <laughs> like outside of my professional you really work. are
0: because i just started following you on facebook now before we were connected on twitter yeah. But following you on Facebook, I was like, "There's another side to you." There's a lot of sides to yeah.
1: And just as I'm doing this work, and you know, like I'm, I'm just getting into wearing ties now. Like wearing ties, I still don't own a suit. I have a Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Nah.
0: No, I'm not. It, it's too. And small. And you say it with such joy. Go it's ahead. too
1: small. <laughs> I bought it like five years ago. <laughs> I try not. I try to cover my mouth for the camera, <laughs> <laughs> but like outside of that, you can you're gonna find me in the pit mm-hmm. at Riot Fest mm-hmm. to body count, mm-hmm. right? Like that's me, mm-hmm. and not everyone can rock with like yeah. like that, right? Yeah. I'm I'm a very diverse individual, mm-hmm. and I think for me it's hard. And I always tell people like I don't rock with everybody, right? Because not everyone can rock with me. Because mm-hmm. I'm just you know my professional life is one thing, but then. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know I used to work with someone who I was like how do you listen how do you listen to music that's like violence this and violence that and work at the ICHV I'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't play that music I see ICHV <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you so but yeah I'm, I'm all about connecting with people who are about positivity because ultimately that's what it's about and um Yeah, having fun. You know, I'm all about the fun, but having fun and and doing good things. So, anybody who's interested in that, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. um,
0: Yeah,
1: that's it. I mean, like, I have a TikTok that's only about positivity. Uh So, it's very few videos, but it's just me saying very positive, like, motivational things. So, like, yeah, man. It's all
0: right if he was a rapper in your former life. That's perfectly fine. I don't know about all that. (laughs) 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 Well, I was. I was. Like, Man, it, it, memories like college um, albums would come out. We would have list, our own listening parties. Oh, that's what's so. We had, a, we had a buddy who would burn all the CDs for everybody. And then by the time the listening party came, we all knew the words. Oh. So it was just nostalgic. But I'm so jealous. But no, it, it's, <laughs> I think it's important though to have those layers yes. to you, yes. right? And to be able to enjoy and explore life, particularly when you get to choose your circles. Yeah, so You know, it's one thing to be born into one. And I, I personally was born into a really incredible circle yeah. that was very supportive and inspired me to help go out and create that type of support for others who did not have that. Yeah. Um, but I, I truly appreciate having been connected to you. I don't know if we said this at the beginning of this episode, but you were one of the first people that I met with when I first got to Public Narrative. And that. you helped me. I still remember our brainstorming session during that meeting. We were talking about doing some work over here on the South Side uh, with a a youth community group. And you just, our meeting gave me the validation I needed to know that I could dream big in this role and just like see what sticks, right? See what happens. and and I'm really thankful that you have maintained, we have maintained that relationship Absolutely. during this time. it don't always that. go that way. I <laughs> but I, I'm thankful. Ain't that the truth? I'm so thankful. But I that.
1: appreciate you so much. I appreciate Public Narrative, um, and all the work you you guys do. Um, and yeah, I talk. It which is connecting you with Cassandra. I'm like, yo, you got to talk to Jamira. Like, I'm good so excited doing to, good to work with
0: them. Yes. Yeah, so. And,
1: Oh, no, 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 it. no, go. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, no, it's just great, you know, and what you do is great. You are great, and just yeah.
0: I got creative. a great team, like, my team is everything um, from scheduling to grant writing to engaging with the media, um, a lot of prep for a lot of activities and initiatives yeah. and things. And it's that being able to hear one another in the process that allows us to do the great work that we do so 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 good to be among friends when it comes to um serving chicago and really thinking about how to make this a better place even if all we do is spread and and lay the seeds and watch them grow or not Mm -hmm. later yeah however that goes (laughs) but but um again thank you thank you for being here we know how to connect with you on social media know how to connect with Sky and Lori's children's hospital yes. anything any last words you like to say Oh,
1: man um keep you know keep doing what we're doing um there are there are problems Chicago has always been a city that's had challenges but we can overcome those challenges mm-hmm. like i I'm full I'm a full believer that every. Every solution we need for our city already exists, mm-hmm. and it exists inside the city. Yep. Do we need to refer outside sometimes to get good ideas? Absolutely, but I firmly believe that, like people like you and people, you know, like all the the nonprofits we talked about and all these different things, we have our solutions, and yeah. we just need to put them in place. Totally. So, and some of that is pushing people who have the power to make that happen to realize that. Yeah. Right? There's a part of that too. Um, but we just gotta keep doing it and we gotta do it together and we gotta do it consistently totally. and so yeah that's about totally. it
0: thank you thank Let you and thank you for uh, joining us for the Public Narrative Podcast I'm your host Jamira Alexander and this is my incredible guest Deanna Gill see you next time